Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to A Coach's Perspective. I am your host, Jenny Hopkins, and I'm excited that you are able to join us this evening. Um, you know, we were going to have a party tonight. We were going to have a party. I'd ordered a cake. I was going to decorate the studio. Um, instead of a party, we're going to have a little bit of a therapy session. <laughs> uh, I am hosting tonight some Kansas City Chiefs super fans, not just fans. Not just people that like the Chiefs, not people that just like to wear red and yellow. Some super fans that have been emotionally and passionately connected and invested into this Kansas City Chiefs program. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, about what happened last Sunday. And we're going to talk a little bit about hopefully some some hope for the future. So I'm excited to have my Kansas City Chiefs super fans here. And, um, you know, it, it, we knew it was a gamble. I felt like the odds were pretty good. Um, but we're going to chat with them here in just a little bit. But before we do, I want to thank Great Southern Bank. Great Southern Bank is our presenting sponsor, and they are serious about convenience. With nearly 100 banking centers in six states, hundreds of ATMs and mobile and online banking services, you're always in touch with your money. Learn more at greatsouthernbank.com, member FDIC. We also want to thank our other sponsors. We'll talk about throughout the show, Highland Dairy, Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance, Bill Grant Ford and Bolivar, Story Construction, West Logging, Greg and Melinda Burnett, and Springfield Yard Cards. Uh, last week, in case you missed it, speaking of the Kansas City Chiefs, we had uh, Dan Mears here, and he is also known as Casey Wolf. And we kind of wrapped up our series on the weirdest mascots in America, and we had one of our favorite mascots on. And so Casey Wolf was here, and he talked a little bit about his his perspective and his role in the Chiefs organization uh, we also had Lori Indicott Vandersnick, where we kind of um, took a pivot and we talked a little sports parenting. And she she did a great job and had a great resource that we discussed as well. If you want to listen to those episodes, you can go to the website, coachesperspective.com, listen to it there, or you can go on iTunes, Spotify, Verbal, or it's also on Helium Satellite Radio on Tuesdays from 1 to 2 p.m. All right, so let's get to our, our panel tonight. Dun, dun, dun. I have tissues available if they need it. I'm going to bring up some wounds here. Um, but I, I'm excited about it. I think, you know, it, it does, the seasons don't last forever. You think about the, the small percentage that actually get to end their season on a win. It's minute. So, you know, all teams have to um, go through this at some point in time. But I'm very excited to have some, some true blue, unconditional loving, no matter what, super fans joining us tonight um with us on the phone right now we have uh, steve newman steve newman welcome to the show thank you jenny how are you doing i am doing good how are you doing since sunday i'm doing all right good good that's good attitude to have good attitude to have <laughs> we'll dive a little deeper into that too as well on how you're doing um i also that's have in good. studio with me a super fan that i've known since uh, the day he was born i didn't give him a choice tonight he wanted he wanted to bail. So what what's, what is there to talk about? But he is here and and he's excited to talk about his favorite team, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I have my younger brother here, Jeff Burnett. Welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me tonight. And by the way, we're true red fans, not true blue fans. Oh, very good. Nice. Thank you for the correction. He's been correcting me my whole life. And of course, um, I, I'm excited to have you here too, because I think that, you know, I've, I have been able to witness, um, the emotional, uh, connection that you have with them in a, in a positive way. Um, you have a very stressful 
job. Um, you, you work very hard. You work long hours. And what we've kind of talked about often on this show is how sports can be a little bit of a release. It can be a therapy, if you will. Um, so, so I think I, you know, I want to start off first off and I'm going to ask Jeff, you know, how, how do you use, um, your appreciation for the Kansas City Chiefs as kind of a release in your life and, and an area that, um, that you enjoy? Well, you're right. Sports is kind of an outlet for me, uh, especially football. That was the best sport that I played, and it's the most fun sport that I enjoy watching. And I, I enjoy watching college football as well, but Sunday in the NFL and the Kansas City Chiefs is just kind of like a weekly event for me during the fall and part of the winter. And that's where I can kind of relax. I can grill out, make some wings, burgers, whatever I want to, uh, sit down. Enjoy the game, kind of relive my uh, high school days. <laughs> That's right, because you never dropped a pass. You never missed a tackle. Never. You never, <laughs> I, I think, um, you know, super fans, okay, so we talk about this unite, unifying force um, that the spirit of sports brings to our community. And, and I think that people gather at games, um, at social events. They discuss the games. They discuss the players, the coaches, the standings, the draft. The possibilities, their picks for the championship, but you know, then then there are other people that I consider which are more of the next level of fans, that category of super fan, and um, and as that's defined, kind of in my opinion, as someone who doesn't just follow or support a team or just cheer for a team, as someone that lives with that team. I mean, they focus um, inner workings and emotionally invest um, in their performance and their success and their failures. Um, you know, they're not crazy people; they're just committed people they're committed fans they're committed to the point that they truly care how their team you know performs and is viewed in the public um you know superman super fans like yourself and and like steve newman here that we have as well they you have lives um you know that so that you're invested to but the teams physically mentally and emotionally you root for them and and you have a passion and you, you you yearn for them to perform well to the potential that you know that they have and what's what's neat about you all is that you've been super fans for a very long time, um, even when they weren't making the playoffs. And so, Steve, tell me a little bit about um, your story with the Kansas City Chiefs and, and when you became such a strong fan. Uh, I've been a fan for probably over 40 years since I was a little kid. I even There's still video of me when I was just a little kid in diapers with a football as my dad's watching the Chiefs game in the background. You can see it playing, and I'm got the football and I'm throwing the football around as the, the uh, game's going on. Um, and just ever since then, my dad and I used to always watch the chiefs games together. And, um, I even lived in St. Louis for a while, but I was still diehard chiefs fan all the way. So, um, and then I played football myself and, uh, I just love the game of football, but I just love the chiefs. I love the atmosphere and it, it just gets me excited. Um, <laughs> Year in, year out, thinking, okay, this could be the year. And that was a long time that we were thinking that before <laughs> they finally did it. <laughs> That's right. That, that was a long time coming for sure. Um, it has been kind of a payoff the last few years for those um, true red fans. And I think that is something that, that's kind of exciting um, is that, you you know, those the longevity of your dedication has been impressive. All right, so, I mean, yes, we, we are sad. Um, last Sunday the Chiefs lost to Cincinnati and they ended their season in the AFC championship game. Um, you know, we, we have a lot that we're going to talk about as far as the game is concerned, a little bit reflection on the season, 
Um, but then we're going to we're going to turn a little hopeful and we're going to talk about what they need to do in the future and, and some maybe some ideas on, on what to expect uh, next fall from the Chiefs or what fans hope to expect next fall. So we're going to take our, our first break. And when we come back, we'll continue with that um, with my super fans, Jeff Burnett and Steve Newman. Go Chiefs. We'll be right back here on a coach's perspective. Perspective. I'm Jenny Hopkins, your host, and we want to thank Great Southern Bank again for being our presenting sponsor. And we also want to thank Highland Dairy. Highland Dairy is owned by dairy farmers, and they've been providing a great selection of nutritious dairy products since 1938. It's a proven fact from scientific studies and professional dietitians that the ideal sports beverage recovery drink available to athletes after a workout is chocolate milk. And Highland Dairy has the best tasting chocolate. They're a proud sponsor of a coach's perspective. All right, so we are talking about uh, super fans tonight, in particular the Kansas City Chiefs super fans, and so we are going to be talking a little bit, um, you know, about about the game. Uh, let's go ahead and and start start that conversation if you guys feel like you're ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> I have Steve Newman and I have Jeff Burnett here, and as super fans, um, what did you see? I'm just going to keep this first question kind of general so that you can give your opinion, and I'll, I'll start with Steve this time. What was it that you felt like affected the outcome of the game Sunday? Um, really, I just felt like the outcome really had to do with confidence of Patrick Mahomes because uh, after that, at end of the half, when it was fourth quarter or fourth down or third down, sorry, and there was not much time left, and he threw that pass to Tyreek Hill instead of um, that was just short of the end zone. He didn't get in instead of him throwing it out of bounds or um, you know throwing it in the end zone or out of bounds. I just feel like when he came back the second half, it didn't really seem like the defense was doing a lot different than what they were doing the first half, but he just had a different demeanor when he came out on the field, and I just feel like he lost a little confidence, and he started overthinking what he was doing a little bit and you know, just taking that little time of hesitation before he was throwing the ball because he did have some guys open, and they just weren't moving the ball the same because he. I don't think he had the same confidence that he had before, and everybody usually – on the defense saying how bad they normally do, but I really felt like the defense played a, a pretty solid game, um, you know, against an offense that can pass. So, I mean, they, they stopped Jamar Chase. So I really think it was just, uh, you know, it's on the whole team, obviously, and everybody didn't do their part because um, you can't win just with one person. But um, I really just thought I saw Mahomes just didn't look as confident in the second half, and I think that affected him. All right, Jeff, what are your thoughts? I think along those lines, I mean, uh, the whole team, as he talked about that uh, play with five seconds left in the first half, where it should just been a quick pass or throw it out of bounds to at least get a field goal. That would have been three points, and you would have won the game at the end. But we don't know what he was seeing, and maybe he just didn't see that defender. And, you know, Tyreek Hill usually makes a couple yards every time. So I think once they got stopped there, the momentum definitely shifted. And they came out the second half and just – I think we're flat. I don't know if the whole team was overly confident, just, you know, because they had a pretty, you know, substantial lead at halftime. They were moving the ball at will. And it seemed that they just didn't play with the same ferocity as they did the first half. 
Uh, they were dropping passes. Uh, Mahomes was missing a few here and there. We kind of went away from the running game. Had really a lot of success with that in the first half. And the defense did play pretty solid. I was a little disappointed in the defensive line. I really thought they would have more sacks, especially watching what Tennessee did to the Bengals the week before at eight sacks against them. I thought they would get a lot more pressure on uh, Joe Burrow and uh, force him into some bad throws. And, you know, we missed a couple interceptions there. We, you know, missed this and that. And football is a game of inches. And when it came down to it, we just came up a little bit short. I was supremely confident in this game because I thought the Buffalo Bills were the toughest team we were going to face in the playoffs. And once they got past that hurdle, uh, I and maybe the Chiefs were just a little too confident. They just, you know, could win by walking out on the field. And, and you know, consciously, professional athletes aren't thinking, you know, we got this, we got this, we got this. But subconsciously, sometimes you do um, get a little bit overconfident, um, you, you know, especially with such an exciting win over such a strong team with Buffalo. Uh, that is something that they definitely have. You know, but putting putting yourself in their shoes, um, it, it's almost impossible to understand the amount of pressure that's on them. Uh, you know, the Chiefs had all the pressure. They're, you know, they had the targets. Um, they were the ones with an entire team, an entire city, an entire state, an entire region, depending on them. And and I think that's something that too um, it, that that ca- that can catch up with you. And they've had several exciting games in a in in a row. And I think this is uh, that that was a that was definitely a lot of pressure. Well, one thing you have to remember, and I sometimes forget, these players are twenty three, twenty four, twenty five years old. I mean. Travis Kelsey's a little bit older, but Mahomes is 25. Right. And when I think back when I was 25, being <laughs> right. on that stage, I would, I'd probably throw the ball right in the ground. Right. I mean, it's just, That's you just so don't true. realize. That's so true. They are young. And you do, you, you, you analyze, you know, both of you brought up the one play right there before halftime. And, you, you know, I, I remember, you know, as a coach, you overanalyze um, possession by a possession and what ifs and, and what, what would happen if this had happened or that had happened. Um, and, and you can go over, but it, oftentimes it's not one possession. Um, there are key possessions, of course, but um, there, there are other areas that you could have found um, different ways that would have put them in a position um, to, to come ahead. So let's talk a little. I mean, and the, and Kansas City is, is such a neat town, and, and it has. Um, I, I was in Kansas City this past weekend and spent the entire weekend, and I can't even count how many times I saw someone in red and yellow or I saw flags out on front porches or flags on cars. Um, I was even at the hotel and I got in the elevator to go to breakfast and uh, there was a man on the elevator who had all of the Kansas City gear you could think of on. And I said to him, I said, well, you're ready for the game. He goes, oh, honey, I'm not even half dressed. <laughs> and so he was all excited. And so we go a couple of floors down, doors open, some Cincinnati Bengal fans all dressed uh, in their gear. Uh, try to get on and he goes oh hell no and he shuts the door tries to shut the door and not let them on I mean it, and it, but it's something you know he ended up laughing and letting them on and um, they ended up having you know some tra- trading some trash talk friendly trash talk but there were people that I would see in restaurants or or wherever I was and it you know they'd have red and yellow on and they total strangers and it's hey go Chiefs go Chiefs it's just such a, a neat platform to bring um, to bring people together I think that's kind of cool. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about Patrick Mahomes. He's 25 years old. I mean, Mahomes is, uh, you know, that's so young. And, and he his leadership has been so impressive, especially in the playoffs. I was very Im- impressed 
uh, with his interaction with Josh Allen with Buffalo. Um, I was impressed with his interaction with Joe Burrow after the game. Um, you know, but more importantly, his speech um, after the heartbreaking game. Um, you know, a lot of times you get uh, you you had a lot of pressure on you, and you you, you fail. Sometimes people start pointing fingers. He, he didn't point fingers. So I'm going to quote um, in USA Today what he said. He said, just a few misreads here and there, Mahomes said. There were guys that were open, and I didn't hit it on the right time. Um, I passed up on something shorter because I wanted to get something deeper down the field. When you're playing a good team and you don't hit what's there and you try to get a little bit more than what is necessary, it can bite you, and it bit me. Uh, we were playing so well in the first half, and in the second half, we were just off a tick. Um, and that is how you lose a football game. And so, Steve, that kind of goes along with what you were saying um, as well. Um, but but how impressed are you with the leadership of Patrick Mahomes and um, and taking that responsibility as, as as he should as a leader? Obviously, there's lots to blame. It's an entire team. But how impressed are you with his leadership? Oh, I'm very impressed. I mean, he- like you said, you got to remember he's just a young guy in the league when it comes to to being a quarterback, and um, he's mature beyond his years for what he does. Leadership style, bringing the team together, bringing the emotion up. Um, you know, when they do lose, he takes that on himself, uh, which a lot of times it hasn't been him. Um, and uh, <laughs> we got to remember he's he came in his first full season that he actually played. He came in and played some. Uh, a game or two before that, but when he his first four season, he's taken us to the championship game, and we've, I mean, we've never had a quarterback that's done that, and he's done it every year and took us to two Super Bowls. So I mean, he's very talented, but he's he's very mature in in the way he acts as well. He could be, uh, you know, very confident and overly cocky, and and uh, really just. Um, you know, putting people off, putting his teammates off, but he's not that way. He, everybody seems to like him. He brings the team together. He makes the players a better player, which you see with a lot of great quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Joe Montana, Tom Brady, you know, a lot of guys that take some guys that are average and makes them superior just because of the uh, what he does and the way he plays. So, I mean, he is a fantastic quarterback and he is still learning in the league. He's still learning to read defenses and, and they're changing defenses to try to try to stop him. And he's got to learn new things. And, um, you know, I really think this year he's made leaps and bounds, but he had a little struggle at the first because I think he was really trying to kind of get out of what he used to do and try to learn new things so that he's even better in the league. So like I said, I'm very impressed with Patrick Mahomes. So that is impressive. Anything to add to that, Jeff? Well, he's exactly right. I mean, as soon as he came on the team, he knew his place. When Alex Smith was there, he he knew he was there to learn, and that's what he did. When he took over the starting job, he became that leader, and not only on the field, but you can tell off the field with the guys. He gets together with the guys. He he does different things. He's he's never put the he's never been too big for the game of football, and I think a lot of people respect that. You see that sometimes with uh, you know athletes that make a lot a lot of money in different sports it's all about them and not the game uh but you know i think Chiefs fans are a little bit spoiled because before patrick Mahomes arrived we thought we had some really good teams but we could never get over that hump and get to the championships or super bowls and now that we have i think we're a little spoiled that we just expect to be in the super bowl every year and it, it's you know it's kind of hard when you don't you look for somebody to blame but <laughs> 
you know, Patrick, he, you know, like he said, he missed some reads. He, he did some things. He tried to force, you know, some issues. But when things come easily, I think, for a while, and you keep trying to do those things and, and everything gets changed up, it's, it's hard to deal with sometimes. But he's a, he's a pro. He is. He definitely is. And I think also you got to look at the leadership of Andy Reid. I mean, um, this you know show is called A Coach's Perspective. So I've got to bring up how impressed I've been with Andy Reid. And, and he, he didn't try to uh, come up with uh, excuses or he didn't try to come up with with this or that um, reason. He, he just wanted to say, you know, it, it's my fault. I, you know, I'm the leader of this team and I'm going to take responsibility. I could have given better plays. I, I could have made better judgment calls. Um, that to me is also impressive. Um you know, because of, of course, everybody could dissect the decision making of everybody on the field and in every possession. But if you look at uh, the leadership of Andy Reid and what he has done with this program and how I think the key to his leadership is trust. He trusts his players. He even lets them to be invested. He doesn't just say, here's what we're doing. It's my way, the highway. He, he actually takes a, a collaborative effort with Mahomes with Kelsey, you, you know, with Tyreek Hill, he he lets them have a little bit of say in what they're doing because they're out in the trenches. They're the ones that are running the plays. They're out there on the field, and he lets them have a little bit of say. And I think that's something that's very impressive about Coach Reed. I would agree. I mean, he he knows how to manage players, and these are millionaire players. You have to manage, and they're young, and it can be difficult sometimes. But you're right. He asks for their input. He includes them on everything, and I think any great leader does that and he makes the decisions he makes the decisions and i think that's something that's a big key he's a, he's a coach that that you can really respect because of the way he treats his players um but at the same time you can give me all the input you want but at the end of the day it is my responsibility for this team and he took that responsibility and i i thought that that was impressive uh, steve you agree uh i do i think you know like you guys said one thing andy really does well is he um trusts his team, he trusts his players, and he knows how to put take a player that might just have a skill in this area and put that piece in play and, and put it into his um, game plan. I mean, he's an offensive genius, and he sometimes I get frustrated with some of the things that he tries, but that's just he's doing certain things a lot of times that's even outside of my my thought process to see what uh, how a defense is going to adjust and move so that he can come back with another play. So I'm like, why did he run that? And then it might be five or six plays later, later that he sets something up similar to that because he knows they're going to move this way and where they're going to go. But uh, as a coach, I mean, you see that in great leaders all the time, you know, coaches and leaders that they trust their team. They make their teams trust them that, you know, he, he treats every player like they're, gold to him and they're a superstar um and that makes them feel like they're really part of the team and and everybody just has a great team atmosphere and they want to win for him um like you said he is a leader where he says this is what we're going to do but he lets them have the input and um sometimes i think he gets players and he doesn't always play them. i'm like why do we pick him up but it might be a veteran player that can um might play just a little bit but i think he uses them to kind of be a coach or to be a leader on the team to show the, the younger guys what to do. So um, he really knows how to put the pieces together and and make a championship team. And I like what you just said about, you know, he puts the pieces together. So he has this beautiful puzzle that, you know, he has to try and fit all of these pieces together. And he does do a nice job of that. And what I think is relatable about him is the fact that he runs this like a team in professional sports. As Jeff was even talking about earlier, sometimes it's individualized. 
and 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 he really looks at this as a team and i feel like that's something that a lot that that relates to a lot of Kansas City Chiefs fans you know because you know you all were on a football team you 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 know what the inner workings are and and how powerful that experience can be and and so i think he's really relatable that he wants the chiefs to be that that team that everyone can have a connection with and i think that's that's pretty cool um, you know, I also feel like I've got to give a compliments to um, the Kansas City Chiefs fans after the Buffalo game. I'm sure a lot of people have read that, you know, have read about the how they have jumped on board with Josh Allen's charity in Buffalo. And they don't several of the fans donated thirteen dollars, you know, obviously, to signify the 13 seconds that were on the clock when the Chiefs were down and got the ball back at the end of regulation. Um, thirteen dollars. And they've raised almost a half million dollars this organization i mean how how proud does mm-hmm. that make you as a kansas city chief super fan jeff that's that first well, that makes me really proud and and a lot of people don't realize the chief's kingdom is it's like a community and it's like family you go to a game you can walk up to any chief's fan that's grilling out or whatever they're more than happy to give you food or beverage <laughs> or whatever you want or you just you know or if you're just walking down you know, the halls of the stadium there, you just strike up conversations with people. And it's, it's like, uh, any crowd I've, I've never seen before because it's, it's just like more like family and friends yeah. than strangers. Yeah. Play an impromptu game of catch or, you know, whatever I, you know, tailgating and at, at Arrowhead stadium is, is a pretty unique experience. All right. We're going to take our next guest or excuse me, our next break. And when we come back, we will continue talking about Kansas city chiefs. And we're going to continue to have our super fans um, share their voice on the chiefs season. We'll be back with Jeff Burnett and Steve Newman. And we want to thank Highland dairy for sponsoring this segment along with Greg and Melinda Burnett as they support local and thoughtful radio. Jenny Hopkins, and this segment is sponsored by Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar. They know cars, they know trucks, they know SUVs, and they know how to keep their customers happy and loyal. I've been one of them for over 25 years. Kelly Grant and Shane Rainey, they're going to take care of you. So give them a call, and they'll do a coast-to-coast search and find exactly what you're looking for and bonus in your price range. 417-326-7671. This segment's also sponsored by West Logging. You can go to westlogging.com or find them on Facebook and contact Danny West for a free consultation. He's going to treat your land like his own. So I have Jeff Burnett and I have Steve Newman, and we are talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, and these are the super fans that um, we're giving them a voice tonight to talk a little bit about what their feelings are on last Sunday and a little bit on this past season. And we're going to also look at the future and see – what hope because that's one of the things the Kansas City Chiefs they do get down when their team loses but they are resilient because they have so much hope um, for success in the future which is exciting so first of all I'm going to ask you all a few players you know this is uh we're not just talking about um one team or you're not one of those bandwagon fans that jump on board when they're playing well um you have been loyal fans and committed fans for decades and um, a, a, a lifetime, really. Both of you expressed how you were very young when you started following them. So uh, over all of the years, um, tell me who some of your favorite players have been uh, for the for the franchise. Uh, Steve, I'll ask you first. Man, there's a lot, but of course everybody. <laughs> I mean, Derek Thomas is one of the best, best to play the game, and I was a big fan of Neil Smith. 
Um, and I, when I go to the games, I always wear my Tony Gonzalez jersey because he was the start of a, the new tight end, I think. I mean, it could be third down and three. We didn't have any other receivers. They knew it was going to Tony Gonzalez, and there'd be five guys on him. He'd still bring the ball in. So um, he was definitely one of my favorites, and um, and I like uh, some of the new guys we have now. Um, so, I mean, there, there's a lot of players. I mean, I, I remember Deron Cherry back in the day, and we had Marcus Allen, and I've always been a Joe Montana fan. So when we had him for that short time, that was um, incredible. Uh, and then, of course, the Nigerian Nightmare nightmare, and Barry Word. So there's there's a lot of players, uh, even like Bill Moss and uh, Dan Salimua. And so, anyway, wow, I have a lot, a, of, a lot yeah. of favorites. Yes. There's a lot. There's a lot, but I. I mean, really, Derek Thomas obviously is is one of the best, and I always liked Marcus Allen, Joe Montana, and then of course Tony yeah. Gonzalez are probably probably some of my favorites, That's besides hilarious. some guys from today, of course. Right, of course. Yeah, this is a who's who's list. I think of of players that that we're going to know for a long time. Um, Jeff, let me ask you that question. Over the decades of of Chiefs super fanning, who's uh, some of your favorite players? Uh, on the old teams, I would say, like, I mean, Steve pretty much named a lot of them that I was going to, but, uh, you know, the Christian Okoye era, we had Barry Word. A lot of people forget about him, but he was very capable, awesome running back. And Steve DeBerg, I, you know, he wasn't the greatest passer in the world, but his toughness, I mean, that guy took shots, played with broken thumbs, you know, back in the day, he, he made the offense go. Uh, Tony Gonzalez, of course. Big fan of him on and off the field. Jamal Charles, I have his jersey on right now. <laughs> and uh, along with Neil Smith, Derek Thomas, you can't forget those guys. Kind of wish we had those guys right. last Sunday. <laughs> Probably got a few more sacks. And then I, I always enjoyed watching Marcus Allen play. You know, he was just with the Chiefs for a few years. And and Trent Green, I always thought, was a you know an excellent quarterback. Great passer and just a great person on and off the field. And so that's just a few of mine that I admire. I, I definitely, Trent Green and Tony Gonzalez are, are two of my favorites from the past. Um, I, I will have to say I am a Travis Kelsey fan. Um, I, you know, I'm, I, I love receivers. I'm partial receivers. I mean, our father was a receiver. You were a receiver. And I, you know, I think I, I just love the way that, you know, he, he gets so into it and he's just so emotional and he, he gets everybody fired up and you can tell that he's a, uh, um, he he definitely is a, a strong a strong leader for that team. Yeah, he's out there having fun, keeping <laughs> yeah. loose. Yes. That's what you got to do, you know. Yeah, be one of the great ones. And he's just he's slippery. He's kind of sneaky fast, and he's quick. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm a fan of really all the players on the current team. But uh, yeah, he's and he does things the right way too. Yeah, I definitely do. I I like um y- you know a lot of the. Uh, times when you think about the Kansas City Chiefs and and some of the players that have come in and out, uh, it just seems like a lot of the players. If I asked you this in twenty years, the bulk of the players that you list will be from this era, um, and I think that's going to be a, a kind of a, a unique question here in the future because they are making memories for a lot of Chiefs fans. All right, so uh, you both go to games. Um, you know, you both. Uh, what what is it that you like about going live um, rather than watching it on television? I know there's a part of that is an obvious answer, but I want you to personalize it. What is it that you love about being at Arrowhead Stadium? I'm going to start with Jeff on this one. You and my you and our older brother Greg uh, went uh, this this season. 
to see them. You had great seats right behind the Chiefs bench. Tell us a little bit about your experience and why you like to go live. Well, I just love it. Like I said, it's you can go up there with family or friends, and my brother Greg and I went. And first, you know, I bring the grill, and we get out in the parking lot, and just that atmosphere out out in the parking lot is just even totally different than inside the stadium. And that's like a lot of fun. It. I like it that you had that bonding moment. Did it ever occur to you to invite your sister? Well, I mean, Greg? he bought the ticket, so you'll have to I'll ask be him calling about Greg. That. So we we go into the stadium, and he won't tell me where the seats are, so it's kind of a little bit of a surprise. And we just keep walking further and further down the lower bowl. And then all of a sudden we're on row two, about 40-yard line behind the Chiefs bench. And, you know, it's just, it was a lot of fun. Right in front of us were three ladies, probably in their 80s. You can tell <laughs> they've had season tickets for probably 50 years. Um, sitting right there. And they were just yelling at the refs and the team and everybody <laughs> else. And a lot of the players would come over and, you know, talk with them. They knew all the security people. But it was interesting being that low. You could hear the discussions on the sideline. You could, you know, Travis Kelsey let one bounce off his hands and got intercepted. And he came over there and broke one of the helmet holders off the bench, you know, and was yelling around and different things. So you kind of see that, that different uh, aspect of the players than when you're sitting, you know, in the top row, which I've been up there as well. <laughs> yeah. And so I much prefer, you know, first couple rows, but, uh, <laughs> There's not really a bad seat in that stadium. And when they're singing the national anthem and five, eight, ten thunderbolts are flying over and just the whole stadium's just singing in unison. And then when the game's going on, I mean, it's just the crowd noise is just deafening, especially when you're close to the field. You can really hear it because you're, you're getting all the fans. And it's just, you know, you, Live and die with the the Chiefs when you're at the game. You're high fiving everybody, people you don't even know right. around you every <laughs> yeah. time they score a touchdown, and and then you know there's there's nothing quite like it. It's exciting. It's fun. It's, it's just, a great release, isn't it? It's a great. Um, it's just a great escape, I think. From it is, and when you're watching the game live, you can see all the little you know plays or the other players that the TV doesn't quite capture, and and all the, the stuff you know behind the game. Right. So. It's, it's a lot of fun. That's true. Good. Very good. What about you, Steve? Now, Jenny, first off, if you haven't been to the game and Jeff takes you and they lose, you know that you won't be able to go back to the game, right? <laughs> Is that how it works? That's why I don't go to playoff oh, yeah. games. I mean, there's, there's, there's certain things you you got to do as a Chiefs fan to make sure you keep that luck on their side. So, yeah. um, But anyway... Uh, pretty much what Jeff said, but I mean, it is like a family when you're out in the parking lot and the, you smell the smoke, you see the smoke as you're coming in and then you smell it and there's music going, they've got the radio station on for pregame. Um, and you're just out there, you're throwing the ball. I had a good friend that went with me this year. I don't know if you know who that is, Jeff, that oh, hit a table and knocked over the, all the stuff on someone's table. They were Chiefs fans. <laughs> Most people would get mad because they have this whole table set up, but they just laughed it off, thought it was funny, and said we were sorry, and, you know, we just kept playing catch with the football. But um, <laughs> we, I went with my son this year, too, and um, he met me there and just – you're there with your family and you've got your chief's family there. And every, like Jeff said, everybody's going saying, go chiefs. And you can just in the parking lot, you can feel the excitement building for the game. And by the time you get in there, it's just, I mean, it's just a huge adrenaline rush with all the crowd noise and the people and the excitement and everybody's, you know, rooting for the chiefs before it even starts. And then, uh, you know, you get to the national anthem and you're home of the chiefs. And then the, it's just erupts in the stadium and, you can just feel all that excitement. And then when the kickoff starts, 
just how loud it is and intense and uh, you know, that everybody's doing the tomahawk chop and that's just loud and in sync, but it's just, it's just really cool to be there and um, the excitement and the ups and downs, of the roller coaster ride throughout the game and all these other people in the stadium are going through the same emotions as you are, uh, you know, just doing everything you can to root your team on. Um, it's just, you, you can't beat it. And then, <laughs> you know, get a win and you leave that they're banging on the walls as you're walking down the, the, um, out of the place and everybody's yelling chiefs and high-fiving. <laughs> and so, I mean, just, it's just the experience is unbelievable. And like Jeff said, you get to see players reactions. You don't get to see on camera from both teams. You sit, get to see little nuances that you don't get to see on the camera. So that really brings out more excitement to, to the game. So. Well, I think it's, uh, I, I get a chance every once in a while to go. And when I go the the tickets that I have will, are by a tunnel where the opposing team goes in and i always like to listen to the people that will go over and try to say something i I love to people watch about how you know they'll go over and 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 trash talk or taunt or you know just in good faith and um you know there's a few that cross the line but overall they're just having a good time and but just seeing the the opponent's tunnel when those players are coming in or when they're coming out and it, that's that part's a lot of fun too, as well. On top of everything that you all mentioned, because I have gone to Chiefs games, I don't have yeah. to have my brothers well, I, take me. <laughs> I did forget to say, Steve and I did go to a game this yes. year. He was kind of insinuating <laughs> yeah. with a friend of ours and Scott, and, yeah. and he was talking Jeff, about me knocking. Jeff was stuff. the one that threw the football and knocked the table over. So. <laughs> there you go. Well, his Let's son be threw honest, me a pass was. behind his back, so I'm thinking, I you know, I'm still 25. I can throw one behind my back, and it wasn't that accurate. <laughs> knocked over their table but that's a lot of fun i mean it really is and it's nice that they are uh, that they are like that i mean it, the line to get into the stadium on sunday morning um again i was in kansas city this weekend and it was backed up for a long time it's just it's neat how passionate the fans are and you know they talk about how it is the loudest um stadium in the country um, there is a little fun fact that that I have here. Um, they're known for their loud fans, right? They are the world record holder for the loudest crowd roar. And the specific time, um, they had a 142.2, um, and that's a, a weighted decibel. And that that was the loudest time a crowd has ever yelled. And you know, want to know what that moment was? Let me just tell you that moment. Um, <laughs> the loudest moment it was achieved in September of 2014 when they played the New England Patriots and the defense sacked quarterback Tom Brady. Yes, I was there at that game. Were you there? And so <laughs> I think I had something to do with the decibel. I believe so. Decibel reading. So <laughs> yeah. It was really loud. Yes. So that's kind of a, a neat little fun fact. Um, and I've got some more of those that we're going to talk about here in just a little bit. But, um, you know, real quick, I, I think that, you know, Patrick Mahomes, again, in his leadership, um, he said, and this is courtesy again to USA Today, you, you know, you take away the good things just like any season. It's definitely disappointing. And with this group of guys we have, we expect to be in the Super Bowl and to win that game. Anything less than that is not a success. However, we will go back and we're going to look at all the things that we did well, the adversity we battled through, the better team that we became toward the end of the season, and we'll try to learn from the mistakes that we made and try to be better next year. Um, how, do, how do you feel about the future? I mean, that's a pretty great quote from Patrick Mahomes. Um, and, and again, uh, a great example of leadership. How do you all feel about the future and, and what, what are you excited about for next season? Jeff, I'll start with you. 
I, I feel great about it. I mean, the future's bright with the Chiefs as long as there's, you know, uh, as long as Mahomes is there and they kind of keep some of the key players as long as they can. I don't think they're going to have a bad season, you know, going out. What I mean by bad season, not even making the playoffs or having a, even a losing season. I think they'll always be in the AFC mix and the Super Bowl talk. You know, after they start off three and four this year, everybody was writing them off like, oh, they're terrible. They can't do, you know, anything anymore. And I, I never really thought that because the games they lost, they barely lost and they turned the ball over four or five times during those games and just had some unfortunate incidents. So, you know, that team with that leadership and that coaching staff is always going to be there. They're going to, they're going to fix their issues and, and just roll on. I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I've, Living through, you know, all the hard years of being a Chiefs fan versus the last four or five have been pretty awesome for me. And I expect in the future they're going to be right up there vying for championships for years to come. Very good. Very good. Steve, give me a, give me a 30 second snapshot on what you're looking forward to for next season. Um, I, same as Jeff's saying, I mean, we have all the pieces in place. Uh, just depends on free agency and um, salary cap and that kind of thing. If, who we lose and, and don't lose of those key players. Um, we really need to get a uh, another receiver besides Tyreek Hill that's uh, a top-notch receiver. I mean, we do have Pringle and um, Hardman, uh, but uh, we really need to find somebody to fill that slot uh, for Sammy, the Sammy Watkins felt uh, slot that he was in. Um, and then we really got to, to work on our defense. I mean, I, Really, our defense, if our offense is clicking, we only really have to have an average defense or maybe just a little above average, which they were a lot better than that at the end of the year. And that was hopefully we can keep Melvin Ingram because I think he was uh, fantastic, um, you know, just turning plays in and making a veteran presence there. And that allowed Chris Jones to move back in the inside where he needs to stay. Um, so well, he was also a, few... a motivator. They talked about Ingram in the locker room and, and mm-hmm. kind of his pep talks and a motivator. Yeah, and I think that's just that being a veteran. He was on um, San Diego, I think it was, and then, of course, he was on the Steelers, and he wasn't happy there. But that's, again, Andy Reid bringing someone in that's a veteran, uh, knew that he was going to, you know, be able to talk them up, you know, talk to the players, like you said, and he also uh, felt like part of the team, so he was able to be a lot more productive than he was at Pittsburgh. So, um, But if we can get a couple other Andy can put a few more of those puzzle pieces together on defense and uh, and a couple on offense. I think we're right there for another chance to make a run at the Super Bowl. So That's right. The hope is always there. All right. Well, Steve Newman, thank you so much for joining us tonight and, and being a voice for the Kansas City Chiefs super fans. We appreciate your loyalty to the organization and your time tonight to, to share your perspective. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, and Jeff, I didn't give you a choice, um, but I thank you, Jeff Burnett. Thank you so much for being here tonight, and we appreciate it. Uh, I loved giving you a voice as well because uh, this, you, you definitely know your Kansas City Chiefs program. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You do a great <laughs> job on the show. Thanks. Oh, my brother just said something <laughs> nice about me. Write that down. Write that down. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here, and I appreciate it. Um, and next week, uh, let's go ahead and move into our, our post-game talk. Uh, sponsored by Story Construction. Go to Story, S-T-O-R-E-E dot com. High-quality service and high-quality satisfaction. Call Story Construction for your next project. Next week, we're going to have the Missouri State University coaches, but not in the traditional sense. We're going to host uh, the administrative coaches. We're going to have President Cliff Smart and Provost Dr. Frank 
Ein Helling. We are going to talk a little bit about coaching a university. I think it's going to be a very interesting angle. So now for your post-game talk. Not winning is tough. It is tough on the players. Um, it is tough on the coaches, the families, the fans, and, of course, yes, our super fans. So many what-ifs that haunt us going over and over plays and possessions to analyze if that would have happened or if this would have happened. But really what matters is the adventure. The adventure of failing and learning from it. The adventure from going from a place that we don't like and so we are motivated in the future to avoid that feeling. The adventure of hoping, working, setting goals and being determined to control more of what is ahead. I think the Chiefs are in that mode right now. They are sad. They are regretful, yes, but that is molding and that is changing into learning, hoping, and being motivated to come back stronger and more consistent than ever. That is the adventure, and that is how leaders do it. That is also how champions do it. And I'm going to remind you, as I do each and every week, be a good human. Live your life like a champion and live your life like a human champion. This is Jenny Hopkins, and this has been A Coach's Perspective.